Hello, Jerry Ford here, and welcome to my podcast. Tonight, it's the final part of an interview that we did with Bob Gardner of the Mothers of Invention. It's very touching and very informative, and you're going to like it very much. So stick around for that. But just between you and me, it's time to get bent.
or what? By Bent Music right here on Jerry Ford's Podcast. How you doing? Glad to have you along. If you like to make noise, music, or sounds and got a way of recording it, do so. Record it and send it to me and be a part of the show. Bent Music. B-E-N-T Music. That's my email. Use it. Send it to me. Okay, okay. Bent Music. B-E-N-T Music at sbcglobal.net. I want to hear from you. Right now, it's time to hear from Bunk Gardner of the Mothers of Invention. In this final installment of his interview, he's going to talk about the freedom of performing Frank Zappa's music, health, the YMCA, playing classical music, going to culinary school and becoming a chef, and a whole lot more. Let's check it out. You know, a lot of times you're really restricted, I think, in the amount of material or, or whatever that you can play and and we can we can go from avant-gardeism again to R&B whatever uh, and I think that freedom is very enjoyable to even think about being able to do and I find that as a, another very lucky scenario to look forward to and I'm not that I'm tired of teaching, but there's also a lot that I think is self-gratification as it is, as it were, uh, in being able to perform Frank's music and do our own stuff and perform it at a level that we can be happy with. So again, I'm very optimistic on and being able to do that. And as long as my health can last, I've spent most of my life trying to take care of myself. So I see that at least evolving for a little while. And not to throw in a couple of things, but I think I mentioned that I've been a member of the YMCA for the last 30 years. And, you know, I've looked at all forms of workouts, uh, whatever, and I used to run and do a lot of things. But the last 20 years, mainly a swimmer. At the YMCA, I met the principal clarinetist of the L.A. Philharmonic. His name was Coleman Black. And, you know, we just struck up a conversation at the pool. And I, all I knew was that he was a clarinet player. And, you know, we'd talk about reeds and mouthpieces and whatever. It was months later. <laughs> that's funny, Bunk. You, you don't ask direct questions. That's what my wife tells me. I said, well, what's your name? And he said, Coleman Black. I said, you're the principal with the L.A. Phil. And he said, yeah. Anyhow, from that... We developed a uh, classical uh, quartet called the Los Feliz Woodwind Ensemble. And Coleman was the principal of the L.A. Phil for 40... He got in when he was uh, in 1937. And he met Stravinsky, Benny Goodman, whatever. Anyway, while he was in the orchestra... He got his daughter, Michelle, in when she was 17 or 18. So when he retired, and she's still there now, she took over. Anyhow, we had a classical group playing in libraries and senior citizens, whatever, uh, for about 10 years. And Coleman lived, he just died last year, until he was 95. And I said, he was my idol, and I said, Coleman, if I even could get into my 90s and still play my instrument, I'd be, thank God. And I, I again, find it um, not a miracle, but to be still playing your instrument at a level like that 
in your 90s, it almost reminded me of, we played the concert, I believe it was the concert in Amsterdam. I got to hear Arthur Rubinstein one night. He had to be in his early 90s, and I saw women and girls on the st- waiting for his autograph, and I said, I didn't know that there were groupies in classical music. <laughs> and the next night was Oscar Peterson with whatever. But, you know, Arthur, at that age, playing, again, that reminded me of, of wow, that is that borders on the incredible but my association playing with uh w- with Carmen these 10 years in a, in in this classical group uh and we performed as a duo some interesting poulenc and some other written just for bassoon and clarinet i'm indebted to have the opportunity to do that and another thing if Carmen made a mistake this reminds me of frank he would stomp around after the concert like did you hear what I did? You know, that kind of thing where making the mistake ruined his whole day. And, you know, that kind of perfectionist whatever. And and his girlfriend at the time, Molly, would say, oh, fuck that shit, you know? Come on, get over it, you know? It's, it's okay, it's okay. But that's the kind of luck for me that, you know, to have those kind of associations with those kind of players and be in that kind of environment, I feel very lucky and blessed for what I have. I have one final little thing here. Quite a while, my wife and I used to go listen to great philosophers. Do you know who Krishnamurti is? Indian. We used to go to Ojai and Oaks and listen to him. Anyhow, we've done that. Another a philosopher, like a guru, whatever, has been around this last 10 years, and we've gone to satsang. We've gone to see him many times. Anyhow, I I hope I can get through this. We went to hear him one time. He always says, you know, really core positive things. And, you know, I've struggled my whole life financially with a family because the music business has not been very consistent and I've never been the type of person to go out and sell myself. And at one point, I quit music and I went to culinary school. I thought I was going to be a a chef. And actually, I worked in Laguna Beach for a couple of years as a chef. But what I was going to get back to was, I've always struggled with this. i got to make more money. You know, at least survive and pay the bills. So, usually you go up and you hug and, you know at the end of the talk. (sighs) I go up and shake his hand and hug him and he he saw my wife and two daughters standing there. (sighs) And he said, you are a very rich man. (laughs) it wasn't until then I realized this whole thought process about money was so irrelevant to (laughs) what I had 
And he said another thing in his talk about being able to look into the mirror and say, I love you. I've always had difficulty because if I made a mistake, I would would get very critical. So those things really stayed with me. Um, really kind of grounded me on what is meaningful in life. I have one final little thing here. Quite a while, my wife and I used to go listen to great philosophers. Do you know who Krishnamurti is? Indian. We used to go to Ojai and Oaks and listen to him. Anyhow, we've done that. Another a philosopher, like a guru, whatever, has been around this last 10 years. And we've gone to satsang. We've gone to see him many times. Anyhow, I, I hope I can get through this. We went to hear him one time. He always says, you know, really core positive things. And, you know, I've struggled my whole life financially with a family because the music business has not been very consistent and I've never been the type of person to go out and sell myself. And at one point, I quit music and I went to culinary school. I thought I was going to be a, a chef and actually I worked in Laguna Beach for a couple of years as a chef. But what I was going to get back to was I've always struggled with this. I got to make more money, you know, at least survive and pay the bills. So usually you go up and you hug and, you know, at the end of the talk. <sighs> I go up and shake his hand and hug him and he, he saw my wife and two daughters standing there. And he said, you are a very rich man. It wasn't until then I realized this whole thought process about money was so irrelevant to what I had. And he said another thing in his talk about being able to look into the mirror and say, I love you. I've always had difficulty because if I made a mistake, I would, would get very critical. So those things really stayed with me, um, really kind of grounded me on what is meaningful in life.
have one final little thing here. Quite a while, my wife and I used to go listen to great philosophers. Do you know who Krishnamurti is? Indian. We used to go to Ojai in Oaks and listen to him. Anyhow, we've done that. Another a philosopher, like a guru, whatever, has been around this last 10 years. And we've gone to satsang. We've gone to see him many times. Anyhow, I, I hope I can get through this. We went to hear him one time. He always says, you know, really core positive things. And, you know, I've struggled my whole life financially with a family because the music business has not been very consistent and I've never been the type of person to go out and sell myself. And at one point, I quit music and I went to culinary school. I thought I was going to be a, a chef and actually I worked in Laguna Beach for a couple of years as a chef. But what I was going to get back to was I've always struggled with this. I got to make more money, you know, at least survive and pay the bills. So usually you go up and you hug and, you know, at the end of the talk. <sighs> I go up and shake his hand and hug him and he, he saw my wife and two daughters standing there. And he said, you are a very rich man. It wasn't until then I realized this whole thought process about money was so irrelevant what I had and he said another thing in his talk about being able to look into the mirror and say I love you I've always had difficulty because if I made a mistake I would would get very critical so those things really stayed with me, um, really kind of grounded me on what is meaningful in life.
Gardner from the Mothers of Invention. Thank you, Bunk, for a wonderful interview. And thank John Larson of Zonic Entertainment for bringing it together. Next episode is going to be an all-music show. That's right. We're going to get down and get funky and rock and roll and jazz out and whatever else. We're going to feature some of the people that we've interviewed this last season. And we're going to start a brand new season. So stick around for more fun to come. Until then, take care. Thanks for being there. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm out of here.